Who am I? I live part of the year in New Hampshire, part of the year here in New York City with my wife Kate and Max. Kate and I met as widower and widow. Between us, we have 10 children, seven of which have been adopted. Now, I am an engineer by trade. I am not a minister, but I'm here to share God's word with you this morning. I have come to this church over many years, but most of it has been in serving others. I've been with Stan on the Tuesday night feeding here that takes place, a wonderful time to meet the people who are struggling. And then Kate and I come here on Wednesdays at the clothing center and enjoy getting the clothes ready for those who have needs to be able to attire themselves. Now when Ray asked if someone would like to share a message, I'm being a first child, raised my hand. Not often a good thing, but see, I had this message about justice that I wanted to bring to some church somewhere at some time. And Ray looks at me and says, but Don, we're a lectionary church. And so I have thrown away the justice message and am working with the lectionary readings of today, which I didn't think would be too bad until I read what the message from John was. And so here we are in the midst of Lent, on our way to Easter. Now the verse this morning that is the hallmark and you saw it at the front of the bulletin this morning. And that is, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now being a sports fan, I've seen this banner behind basketball, backboards. I've seen it at football games. And even during the Tim... Tebow rage of this early January, there was a message on from Focus on the Family, where children spoke for God so loved the world. And so this is a verse that many of us have heard over the years, and I have no doubt that just about every minister at some time has talked on this. What I'm doing trying to share with you about such a wonderful verse is because I believe that each one of us here has an own unique message of what they take from God's word. And as we as a fellowship share God's word with each other in openness, maybe we hear more of what God wants us to hear. And I hope these words today may do so. I want us to concentrate on three points this morning, salvation, the promise of salvation, and the cross. A minister from England, John Stott, wrote that the highest peaks of the mountain range of salvation 
are the incarnation, the atonement, and the resurrection. And between Christmas and Easter, we come across these three mountain ranges of salvation. And I found these in the verses from John today. Incarnation, 100% God became 100% man. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John continues in the next two verses that God sent his son into the world to save it. God is now 100% man so that we cannot use the excuse that Jesus did what he did because he was God. God entrusted his infant son into the care of the hands of women and men as one of us. The atonement. Jesus is the Lamb of God taking our place for our sins. John uses this obscure verse about Moses in the wilderness that was read from Numbers, about lifting up a serpent on a pole to provide life to those poisoned as an indicator of Jesus being lifted up. Good Friday hardly seems good in the light of Jesus' abuse, abandonment, flogging, and death. Yet, God's grace and mercy for all the world is unleashed here because of Jesus. Resurrection. Jesus, 100% man, becomes 100% God. The Easter good news, death is defeated. Jesus is in a bodily form, yet like no body ever seen before. Jesus dwells on this earth-shattering, life-changing opportunity for us. The promise of salvation. John, in two verses here this morning, says those who believe in Jesus shall have eternal life. Now, I cannot grasp how long eternity is, for it is beyond my measurement, even as an engineer. There have been many times in my life I wanted a different promise from God. When Pat, the bride of my youth, was diagnosed with cancer and died three years later, I wanted God to heal her many times. Would I have traded eternity for time with her now? Ten years have gone by. I no longer blame God, but understand bad things happen to even his chosen. Now, I told you that we had ten children. When I read these verses about those that believe in Jesus' name shall have eternal life, I wonder, do my ten children have eternal life? Do my grandchildren have eternal life? It's a concern and a time for prayer. How exclusive is this call to believe in Jesus to receive God's promise? If someone was to ask me, I would say belief in Jesus is the sure way to salvation and eternal life. But to be sure and to make this happen for everybody, should we force them into belief in Jesus?
In Rome in the early 1600s, all the people who lived in the city were required by law to receive communion at Easter. At that service, each person had to fill out a census and then was given a certificate of participation from the priest. That certificate had to be shown to the police upon request. No certificate and one was jailed and interrogated to prove their faith. If not, they were thrown out of Rome or put on the Pope's galley rowing. A hundred thousand people lived in Rome during this law. Did this truly bring about belief? C.S. Lewis struggled with this question in mere Christianity. He, like me, is an optimist. He writes, the world does not consist of 100% Christians and 100% non-Christians. Some are Christians in name only and slipping away, and some are slowly becoming Christians but do not call themselves so. There are people in other religions who are being led by God's secret influence to concentrate on those parts of their religion which are in agreement with Christianity and who thus belong to Christ without knowing it. This is the end of C.S. Lewis's quote. Now I have one adopted daughter. She's my favorite daughter because she's my only daughter. Linda. When she was five, she came to us socially and sexually abused and underfed. Today at 40, she continues to have major problems with men. Fortunately, she is no longer homeless and has been in an apartment of her own for two years. Now, Linda has been baptized twice. However, she no longer attends church during the last 25 years. Linda does not trust God or authority or me or anyone. Will she receive eternal life? Only God knows. The portion of John 3.16 that I rest most on is that God so loves the world. It seems so encompassing. And yet, he says, that one has to have a belief in Jesus. Will God look at Linda's darkness? Will he judge her on her parents' abuse? Or the state of Massachusetts who released her parents from an institution without proper supervision? I trust in Jesus for his mercy and love. He came for sinners like me and you. However, we need to respond to his call. The cross. Remember the scripture about Moses putting a venomous snake on a pole and all who had been bitten looked and lived according to God's promise? The people had been filled with a poison. 
Have men and women for all times been filled with poison? Yes, it is called sin, a turning away from God. Jesus is lifted up on a cross so that as we gaze and believe in him, our poison is dealt with and we have eternal life. Now, if we were in a Catholic church this morning, we would see Jesus on the cross. A visible reminder of what he went through for us. Our cross here does not have Jesus on it, for he has risen and defeated death. Jesus is our Savior. He has broken through the misery of this world. There are some who feel that is all there is for us to do. Just believe and then rest on our laurels. However, in the last verse, John, in John 3.21, we are called as Christians to take their belief and put it into action to God's glory. If you are one who has not helped the needy, sought justice, or forgiven your enemies, then there are many opportunities here at Jan Hus to do so. If there is one here today who has not sought Jesus or wrestles with who Jesus is, please wait no longer. Seek out Ray or one of the elders to God's glory. May these words point to Jesus as the reason for who we are.